Welcome and thank you for joining us. Here at Calvary Chapel Eldoret, we believe in impacting and changing people's lives through the Bible, which is the only inspired and infallible Word of God. For more information, be sure to check out our website at ccelderet.org. That is ccelderet.org. And here is today's word. Good to see you again today. The day of the Lord. As we go through the Bible, going through um, book by book, chapter by chapter and verse by verse as we study God's Word. So we continue with our series that we began last week, Growing in the Fundamental series. So last week we did uh, part one, and that was the way to godliness provide, and then today we have part two, that is the reliability of the scriptures. We will go through verses 12 to 21, and before we read, let us ask for God's blessings. Lord, we are before your throne, we are before you before your presence, asking of you, the Lord, you would lead us, you would guide us, and you would open our understanding to really receive what you have for us today. We want to see things as you do. We want to do things your way. And so through your word, we ask that you would open our understanding in Jesus' name, amen. Verses 12, for this reason, I will not be negligent to remind you always of these things, though you know and they are established in the present truth. Yes, I think it's right as long as I am in the tent to tie you up by reminding you, knowing that shortly I must put off my tent, just as our Lord Jesus showed me. Moreover, I will be careful to ensure that you always have a reminder of these things after my disease. For we did not follow cunningly devised fables, when we made known to you the power and coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, but we were eyewitnesses of his majesty. For he re received from God the Father honor and glory when such a voice came to him from the excellent glory. This is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. And when we heard this voice which came from heaven, we were with him on the holy mountain. And so we have the prophetic word confirmed, which you do well heed as a light 
that shines in a dark place until the day dawns and the morning star rises in your heart. Knowing this first, that no prophecy of Scripture is of any private interpretation. For prophecy never came by the will of man, but holy men of God spoke as they were moved by the Holy Spirit. Very important for us to um, remember that the reliability of scriptures. I have a few points that would help us to kind of gel it together, put it together. The point number one is God continues to speak. God continues to speak. And that is primarily through his word. God speaks to people today through his word, which will not return to him void, as the prophet Isaiah writes in Isaiah 55, chapter, chapter 55, verses 11, that his word will not return to him void. It must accomplish what it came to do, what it was sent to do. And also, Paul writes to Timothy in Second uh, Timothy, I'll read from verses 14, he says, But you must continue in the things which you have learned and been assured of, knowing from whom you have learned them, and that from childhood you have known the holy scriptures which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith which is in Jesus Christ. All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, and for instruction in righteousness or training in righteousness, that the mind of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. And so this is, this is not a new thing that is being brought up. This is something that has been there. And as Paul is talking to Timothy, Timothy had a good reputation, especially from his grandmother who taught him God's word even when he was still very young, very tender. And so the, the word of God has grown in him and he knows the truth about God's word. The Bible contains everything we need to know to be saved and to live the Christian life. As we um, learned last week from 2 Peter verses, uh, chapter 1, verses 3, everything that we need for life and godliness has been provided for us. And God speaks to us every time we read his word or we hear his word read to us, or when his word is preached to us. And today, guess what? If you want to hear God audibly speak to you, open the word and read it out loud, because that is God's word. 
You know, many people will battle with this idea of how, how do I listen to God? How does God speak to us? And some people have made it to become so mysterious that if you, you want to listen to God, you know, you, you have to do this and do this and do that. What we see from the scripture is very plain, it's very simple. Because if this is his word, when I read it out loud, I am reading the breath of God. He's speaking right to me. He's speaking right to me. That means when I'm at home, at work, any place, if I open the Bible and read, then we're having a conversation with God. And he's always willing. Open the word, read it out loud. For it contains the promises of the God that find their completion in Christ alone. His word is fulfilled in Christ alone. And he says here, that for this reason, I will not be negligent or I will not be inconsiderate to remind you always of these things. What things? The things we learned last week. The things we went through uh, in details last week. That is the virtue, knowledge, self-control, perseverance, godliness, brotherly love, and the love of God. I will not be inconsiderate to remind you always of these things, though you know them and are, are established in the present truth. That is everything that pertains to God. You have been established. You can't say that you are unaware of God's word. You can't say that you are unaware of God's truth. You have heard it. Some of you have heard it from, you know, Sunday school until today. You can't say this is, this is totally new. No, it's the same word. Same word. Same God. And he's still speaking to us today. Say, you know these things. And do you know the danger that we run into? Is the fact that we know these things, but we don't live up to them. That is the worst thing that happens to every believer. Knowing that God requires me to do this, and I have totally gone the opposite direction of ignoring his word. I will not be negligent. I will not be inconsiderate. To remind you these things always. Always. The things that you already know and are already established in you and you know the present truth. This is not just the truth that just came today. This is the truth that has been from 
um, the very beginning when God made the earth, really before the creation, the truth existed. Jesus said that I am the truth. And when he is reminding them that you have been established in the present truth, that you have been established in the fact that you know Jesus Christ and you are walking with him. So God still speaks to us today, primarily through his word. And number two, every believer must know what they've been shown by Christ. He says in verse 13, yes, I think it is right as long as I am in this tent to stir you up by reminding you, knowing that shortly I must put off this tent just as our Lord Jesus Christ showed me. Just as our Lord Jesus Christ did what? He showed me. And these try to get the heart of the apostle as he's writing this letter. The Lord had spoken to him so many times. So many times he was one of the people who were very close amongst the three, Peter, James, and, um, and John. And the Lord mentioned a lot of things to him. As we learned in um, the Gospel of John 21, the Lord called unto him, say, hey, tend my flock, shepherd my people. Shepherd my people. First, we must acknowledge that we are sojourners who dwells on tents and that sooner or later, the tent will be of no use for the next life. And the tent that he is speaking about is his mortal body. We have this body just for a moment. And the time will come that we won't have it. And he's already speaking about his death. He already knows. He already knows. John in the Gospel of John, chapter 10, verses 25, Jesus answered them and said, I told you, and you do not believe. The works that I do in my Father's name, they bear witness of me. But you do not believe, because you are not of my sheep. And I say to you, my sheep hear my voice. And I know them, and they follow me. And this means that the things we do must bear witness of him who called us. They must bear witness of Christ. If the things you do do not bear witness of Jesus Christ, then you're doing other things that are not related to him. He said that my people, they know me, and I know them. They hear my voice when I call unto them, they follow. They follow. 
And the apostle is telling us right here that now, shortly, I must put off this tent. Talking about his death. And he knows this for sure because Jesus told him of the kind of death that he was going to die. The exact way he was going to die. And they're living in a, in a time where the emperor, the wicked emperor Nero, is killing the believers. Many of them have been crucified. And he knew that this death was just at hand. He knew it. Jesus told him in Luke 22, 31, that Simon, Simon, Satan has asked to swift each of you like wheat. So the disciples, all of them. But I have prayed for you specifically, Simon, that your faith will not fail. That when you have turned back, strengthen your brothers. When you have turned back, strengthen your brother or stir up your brothers. Stir them up. And this is what he's doing. Yes, I think it's right as long as I am the, in this tent to stir you up by reminding you of this truth. Encouraging you of the things that you already know. And this is a letter that he's writing shortly after he wrote the first letter. Very quickly because he saw what was happening and the people who quickly came into the church to try to deceive them. The testimonies of the Lord are sure. The psalmist also wrote in Psalm 119 from verses uh, 129, says, your testimonies are wonderful. Therefore, my soul keeps them. The entrance of your word gives light. And it gives understanding to the simple. The entrance of your word gives light. The entrance of God's word. It gets into your heart and it illuminates every dark side of your lives. You'd be able to see it. That is why I believe that every Christian man and woman, we must have discernment to know the things that happen within our hearts, within our lives. How will you know if it is not revealed to you? But the good news is that the light of God is with us. God is with us and he is light. Is our light. The entrance of your word gives light. And it gives understanding to the simple. This word, it entered the apostle Peter. And it gave him the 
understanding. And that is why even when he is about to die, he's quickly writing this to remind the church and to remind us of the truth of God. And number three, every believer must walk in the obedience of the gospel. Every believer must walk in obedience of the gospel. What is the gospel? We know it is simply the good news of Jesus Christ. It is the power of God for salvation of everyone who believes, Romans 1.16. In Hebrews chapter 3, verse 7, also say, Therefore, as the Holy Spirit says, this is God speaking, Today, if you will hear his voice, do not harden your heart as in, re in the rebellion, in the days of trials in the wilderness, where your fathers tested me, tried me, and saw my works for 40 years. Therefore, I was angry with that generation and said, they always go astray in their hearts, and they have not known my ways. So I swore in my wrath that they shall not enter my rest. These are very serious words when I create our God speaking to us today also saying that we have gone into rebellion. We have worshipped other gods. We have forsaken gods and worshipped the things we have made for ourselves. It's, and he said that I swore in my wrath that they shall not enter my rest. But also the writer of Hebrews continues to encourage us in Hebrew 10, 23, says, let us hold and swiveringly the hope that we profess. For he who promised is faithful. He was given all these promises, is faithful. Let us not be like our forefathers, who tasted God in the wilderness? God will provide food, water, and the things they needed for life, and they still complained about everything. They complained about Moses. They complained about God. Sometimes we think this was just the, uh, our forefathers in the wilderness. But as this what comes to us today, it's quite alive to us, and it speaks right to us today. And I don't know about you, but I know for sure, many people have lived in rebellion to God's word. The things we already know, we have forsaken them. The truth of God's word that we have known for years, we don't follow. It's quite sad. 
So if we did not follow cunningly devised fables when we made known to you the power and the coming of our Lord Jesus, but we were eyewitnesses of his majesty. We were eyewitnesses. These are not just fables. These are not stories that we heard from people. But he is speaking as an eyewitness of the majesty of God. And he says this, remembering the glory of God and what happened at the Mount of, you know, Transfiguration, when Jesus was praying and Moses and Elijah appeared also. in the form of reminding this apostle and these people that they should hold on to the laws and the prophets, what was written. It has come true. God is fulfilling his word right into their eyes. They got excited. They said, let let us make tent, let us make tent. One for Elijah, one for Moses, and one for the Lord. Let us make our dwelling place in this environment. He remembered these things. In other words, he's telling them that, hey, do not receive. If it's not really from us who are eyewitnesses of God, Don't receive it. And if, our, if the testimony of what is preached to you is true, then test it through God's word, through what you have received, through the prophetic word. These are not just fables, but we were eyewitnesses of his majesty. Can read Matthew 17, 1 to 5. In verse 17, he says, For he received from God the Father honor and glory when such a voice came to him from the excellent glory. This is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. There's one word that he didn't say that was written in the gospel. In the gospel it is written, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. Hear him. Hear him. And I want to ask you a question this morning. By which means do you hear God? By which means? How do you hear God? We don't have, you know, seven points or ten points on how to hear God. This is a question of how do you, as an individual, hear God? Has he ever spoken to you?
let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess. For he who promised is faithful. He's very faithful. And our last point is God's word is not for private interpretation. God's word is not for private interpretation. These people, they, they gave a testimony of God because they were eyewitnesses and they had the voice. The apostle did not just walk with Jesus. He had the voice of God the Father. He had the voice. And when we heard this voice, which came from heaven, when we were with him on the holy mountain, and so we have the prophetic word confirmed, which you do well to heed as a light that shines in a dark place until the day dawns and the morning star rises in your heart. He's continually reminding these people that, hey, whatever I'm bringing to you, this is not something that is new. You have known this for a fact. This is a truth. We heard him. This and the prophetic word has been fulfilled right in our eyes. The laws and the prophets, their words are brought to us as presented by Moses and Elijah. And his word that lives with us. And they saw the glory. They saw Jesus Christ shining in his glory, the glory of the Father that very day. This was an important time for the apostle. And he says, this, this kind of light that he saw on our Lord Jesus Christ, this is the kind of light that he kind of alludes that should shine in our hearts as it dispels every dark part of our lives. That if you have seen this light, then you, you, you ought to live as the children of the light. That darkness should not be found in you. Lead holy lives. Live a life that is set apart. Set apart for Jesus Christ. Knowing this first, that no prophecy of Scripture or no word that is written is of any private interpretation. God's word is not for private interpretation. We have heard, and probably you have heard, many people around the world say, hey, I have, I have a word for you. God revealed this word 
to me so that I can come tell you. And of course, we do not dispute the fact that God speaks to people and he reveals things. But this is not to be used for private interpretation, that I will take God's word and interpret it my own way so that I will receive some gains for me. I'll receive things for me. I'll receive glory for me, for my own sake. No. It is not for private interpretation. Why? Because it never came by the will of man. If it came by the will of man, then it's, it, it is subject to the person who brought it. But if it came by the will of God, it is subject to God. And however much he wants us to get it, he reveals it to us. The Bible says that what has been revealed to us belongs to us and our children. What has not been revealed belongs to God. And he's revealed this word to us so that we can know him. Whatever word that he has sworn, these words, they come to pass. They come to pass. Even the words that God sworn to Abraham, those words, we see them and we know they came to pass. In example, Genesis twenty-two fifteen, and the angel of the Lord called to Abraham from heaven a second time saying, by my word or by myself, I have sworn, declares the Lord. That because you have done this and have not withheld your only son, I will surely bless you and will multiply your descendants like the star in the sky and the sand on the seashore. Your descendants will possess the gates of their enemies. Because you did not withhold your only son, I am making a vow that I will surely bless you. I will bless you. And from that, we see the blessings of our Lord Jesus Christ coming from the same lineage, traced from Genesis right to where we are. Seeing the prophecies being fulfilled word after word, word after word. God's word is not for private interpretation. Scriptures interpret scriptures. If any man will use this for their material gain, you should be discerning to know that this is not from God. And that is why he writes this when we begin chapter 2 next week. He speaks about these false prophets. People who come in the name of God, yet they want to deceive people. They know nothing of God. And the sad part of it is these are the people, many of them have grown in the church. They have received from the church. They have partaken holy communion with the rest of the people. They probably were baptized. 
They probably have done ministries in the church. And they start to take God's word for, for their own private interpretation, to deceive people. He's warning them and also warning us so that we will heed God's word. God's word is not for private interpretation. He's saying, knowing this first, that no prophecy of scripture is of any private interpretation. For prophecy never came by the will of man. But holy men, holy men of God, spoke as they were moved by the Holy Spirit. These men, they spoke things they heard of God. They wrote things they heard of God. The true testimonies they saw from God those they wrote, and God sealed it as his word. That is why we have it written. Everything, the, the other things that are not written here, they're probably not necessary for us, for life. Everything that we need for, life, for godliness and for life, we have it right here. As we read last week. And I will do as the apostle also does for us. Say, I'll remind you again. I'll remind you of these things that you already know. The things that you have been taught. These precious promises. That you are partakers of the divine nature. Why? Because you have escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. For this reason, giving all diligence to your faith, add virtue, and to virtue, knowledge, and to knowledge, self-control, to self-control, perseverance, and to perseverance, godliness, and to godliness, brotherly kindness, and to brotherly kindness, love will continually remind you of these things. We'll remind ourselves of these things. The apostle knew that he was about to die. He was about to be executed. And he knew how he was going to die. Because Jesus told him, Jesus told him. He was kind enough to tell him, to tell him that, hey, you are going to be crucified anyways. <laughs> this is how you're going to die. I mean, how, how do you live with that? Knowing that you will be crucified. You will be nailed on a tree. You will be made like a person who is an offender of the law, yet you offended no one. The offense that you have made in the world is to preach the gospel because the gospel offends people. And we know the person who was very offended was Nero, the emperor. 
was offended with the gospel. And that is why I said in point number two that every believer must know what they've been shown by Christ. I don't know if he's ever shown you anything. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if he speaks to you. I don't know. I don't know if you obey his word. I don't know. But there is what he expects us to do. If you are a believer, if you are a true follower of Jesus Christ, when this light that shines in the dark places should shine in your hearts. Where there is light, if, if there are no lights in this room and everything is locked and all that stuff, sometimes we struggle, especially at night. We struggle seeing things. We struggle. We try to fumble and, you know, you want to get this and, you know, KPLC and you can't find your candle, your phone is off, <laughs> you know. It is kind of frustrating when you can't see. And I don't know if it really concerns us that if we don't really dwell in God's word, it means we won't really see clearly. The enemy will deceive us. The chief of deception will come to you to deceive you because that is his work. That is his roaming like a lion trying to find people whom he can deceive. As I welcome the worship team to come, you know, he says a prophecy, they never came by the will of man. Not the will of man, but the will of God. Everyone who wrote, they were moved by the Holy Spirit. How I pray that the things you do as a person, that you will be moved by the Holy Spirit to do them. Not being moved by the pressure of the things you see in the world. You know, your spouse is pressuring you to do this. You know, your government and people around you are pressurizing you to do things that you know that are not godly. These men were moved to do the will of God. The Holy Spirit was upon them as they spoke, as they wrote these words. That is why these words are still alive today. God just used mortal men. And you know what? These men, they were never a perfect people. They had their own struggles. You remember when the apostle, you know, he swore that he will never um, deny Jesus Christ. And he tries to follow back and see where they would take his Lord. And they saw what was happening. And the cock crows. 
And people are saying, hey, he's the one. He's been with Jesus Christ. They said, no, nope, I don't know him. <laughs> the cock crowed again the second time. He said, nope, I don't know him. And they say that even the way he talks and walks, <laughs> and he again said, nope. You guys think that Peter was just weak and, you know, we are in the same boat. How many times have we denied the Lord in public? How many times? In public and, in, and even in our hearts, in our actions, how many times have we denied him? Yet we think that the apostle was worse. Like how? How can you do that? How can you do that? How inconsiderate of you? But know this, prophecy never came by the will of man. But these men, they spoke as they were moved by the Holy Spirit. This one thing has always been my prayer, that I don't want to say things from my own. Because they don't have life. <laughs> the things that come from me have no life if it's not of God. If it's from God, it's eternal. If it's just from me, it will entice people just for a few days and it's gone. It's no more. But how I pray that all of us will learn to rely on the Bible. Why? Because God still speaks today. And we must know what he has spoken to us. And we must also be obedient to the gospel of Jesus Christ so that we will not be deceived by anyone who comes. For we know that the scriptures are not for private interpretation. They are not because they came from God. So may God help us to grasp his word. Lord, we thank you. We thank you for the privilege. We thank you for what you do. We thank you for showing us your word and reminding us your word. A frail people that we are. We know that sooner or later this tent will be out. But before that, oh God, help us to be obedient to your word. Help us to hold fast to that which we have received. Your truth, your present truth. You're a faithful God. We thank you, God, for your provision. We thank you, God, that you have, you saw it well to provide for us a way, a way to come back to you.
and we thank you. Thanking you for your word daily. How we pray that we will read it continually. We will pray continually without ceasing. Because yo, the days are at hand. We see these signs in the world and we know that that time is about. Help us to live in reverence of your name. We ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening to today's teaching. We hope that you've been inspired and blessed. For more teachings and other resources, visit our website at ccelderet.org or call us at 0718-012-496. That is 0718 See you next time.